Where will you arrive when you fly into Ireland? You have a couple of options, and I'm excited to have Corey Terratuda from the Irish Fireside joining me today to discuss the ins and outs of airports in Ireland. Welcome to the Traveling in Ireland podcast, and today I am so excited to be speaking with Corey Terratuda from the Irish Fireside. And Corey is actually, was kind of my, my mentor long, long ago, though he probably doesn't realize it, because I was reading Irish Fireside before I started writing my own Ireland site, and uh, obviously was listening to the podcast as well, so I, I owe a lot to Corey. And I'm so excited to be chatting with him today. Well, thank you, Jody. It's nice to be on the other side of the, the uh, interview this time, too. <laughs> and today we're actually going to be talking about airports in Ireland. It's really something that a lot of people don't give much thought to, the airport they're flying into, or even, you know, what's going to happen at the airport. And Ireland's two main airports, Dublin and Shannon, Dublin in the capital city, obviously on the east side of the country, or on the west side of the country, and Shannon um, on the east side. So both major gateways, but oh. very, very different to go through. Yep, but you did have them switched. Did I have Dublin them wrong? Shannon, that's okay. I did. Oh. One of these days I'll be able to that's get okay. my east and west right, but yes. <laughs> one's on one side, one's on the other. Exactly, and basically straight across the country as well. Um, but they, they have very different experiences. And so I thought it would be uh, really helpful to talk about the airports today. And I suppose we should probably begin with the big one, which is Dublin. Yeah, most people flight, you know, it's easier to get flights into Dublin just because there's more to choose from. So, yeah, that's the most popular. Right. And, and it's the bigger airport. I mean, it, it does only have two terminals, but, you know, everybody who flies into Ireland flies into Dublin. So, just about, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in in Dublin, it's it's not that crazy of an airport, but it's it's your true European city, capital city airport. So, you know, it has terminals. It has you have to you know shuttle between places. Uh, you have traffic around it, although it is outside of the city, so it's not mm-hmm. you know insanely uh, you know populated uh, like most urban airports. Right. It's it's not right in city center. Right, but with Dublin, I, I guess the thing that when I fly into Dublin, you usually have, you know, two or three planes landing about the same time. Uh, you do mm-hmm. arrive. And they could be from, from just about anywhere. Yep. So you have people coming from the east and the west and from within Ireland and from without. So. Right, and, and you're landing, you know, first thing in the morning, always when you fly to Ireland from the U.S., you're landing bright and early as the sun comes up. So... You know, it's kind of like landing and, and shuffling through with other exhausted people. But then the the weights are always bigger in Dublin. Um, the weight through, you know, immigration, maybe the weight for your luggage, um, the weight for your rental car. Yeah. It, I, last, the last couple times I've flown through Dublin, it has been at least probably a 40, 45-minute wait just 
to get my passport stamped and be asked those simple questions because it is a big line that snakes through. And, you know, there's only so many of the little windows open mm-hmm. with where they're inviting people up. And, and so that can be after long flight. Granted, it's calm in there. It's quiet. So, it's, you know, but if I was traveling with family and sometimes you're just exhausted and you just want to get on the road or you just want to, you know, do something else. And standing in that line is just, uh, but what next is kind of how you feel. Exactly, exactly. So, and I don't know, are you like me? There's always a little bit of anxiety too. Like, oh, are they, are they going to question me? Are they going to ask me something I don't know? Is there, <laughs> even though I've been through it so many times, every time I have that little anxiety when is this the time that something's not going to go right, you know? Well, and, and that's always the case. I've actually had a bag not show up in Dublin, which is a whole, you know, whole nother story beyond, you know, getting my passport checked. But um, in Dublin also, you know, the, the line at immigration, you know, there are signs everywhere that say no cell phones, no photos, no this, no that. And I don't know if people just aren't looking up from their cell phones to see these things. But I have seen so many phones and things confiscated in that line that, yeah, and and I don't know if people just aren't paying attention. Um, I know that they have it set up. You can't get Wi-Fi signal in there. They have the the blockers or something in that area. Um, but, yeah, I've seen people get, get cell phones confiscated. I've seen the the police go through the, you know, through their their phone and and delete things that they shouldn't have taken pictures of. So, you know, it's just trying to pass the time in a line that that can take, you know, 45 minutes or so to get through without that distraction when you're tired (laughs) can be a little a little more mind numbing. I think think a lot of people forget that that line and that immigration line is is part of national security. You know, any any time you're flying internationally, so I think people just forget. They think they're on Irish soil. But really, you know, they're still making sure that all the checks and everything are in place to keep the country safe and keep you safe as a passenger. So you have to remind yourself of that, too, when you're getting a little frustrated going, well, you know, this is this is the process we have to go to the, through these days. And it's like that at you know most airports anyway. But it is, you know, you wish it could just be that little <laughs> bit more efficient. But. Exactly. But then you – so you get through – um, you get through, you get your passport stamped, you pick up your luggage, and hopefully it's all there. I, I do have to say from experience, if it's not, they're very, very helpful. And and your bag, they'll track it down, and they'll let you know where it is if they can. And, and they do deliver it to wherever you happen to be when it finally comes in. I've had my bag delivered to uh, the southern southern part of County Wicklow by the airport. So they are very good at getting your bag to you. Once it finally arrives, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's what they have to do every day. So they they've got the system down to, to do that. Um, I've been lucky so far. I've never had problems with my luggage coming into Ireland. I've had trouble out with it on the way back, but um, so I've been very lucky. I'm going to knock on wood on that one. And then you get your rental car, and there are a couple of different places in the Dublin airport. It's not all. Um, Right there, there are two terminals, like we said, and Terminal 1 and Terminal 2. And depending on which car rental agency you use, you need to know which one you're going to. So definitely you'll want to check and, you know, get that information beforehand because wandering through the Dublin airport, sometimes trying to find that little hallway between the terminals can be a bit... (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's where it becomes important to read the emails from your car rental company or just as soon as you get out there, stop at the information desk and just immediately ask because when you're carrying your luggage and moving around, those extra steps can really, you know, they're, they're a lot heavier than, than your regular steps on the street. So um, fortunately, the bulk of them are, are in a very, you know, easy-to-get-to location. But if you do have to go to Terminal 1 uh, for Ganduli or one of the others, then, you know, you just have to know how to get there. And once you get there, it's the same process for the most part. Right, right. But landing in Shannon, so Dublin and Shannon, like we said, are the two main airports, but Shannon is, it, it feels like a completely different experience than Dublin when you arrive. It's 100% different, and part of that has to do with flight volume. They have significantly less volume of passengers coming through, and fortunately for passengers, that's a benefit because it is a full-service airport mm-hmm. uh, with all the amenities, for the most part, without being packed to the gills, you know, and when there's delays, you know, someone's actually telling you that what's happening next as opposed to this kind of circus that starts to happen sometimes when there's flight delays in Dublin. So, right. um, yeah, I I generally try to make my flights all through Shannon whenever possible simply because every step of the process, for the most part, is easier. I know. Shannon. Right. And I know the last time we flew into Shannon, which has been a couple of years now, um, because always when I get off the airplane, the first thing I do is find the second bathroom between, you know, getting off the airplane and getting my passport checked. Because the Uh first bathroom is always where everybody stops. (laughs) So I go to the second one, um, you know, and I put in my contacts and I brush my teeth and I just, you know, try to make myself feel more human. And usually when I do that in Dublin, you know, I still have a 30-minute wait to get my passport stamped. Well, when we went through Shannon, we literally walked directly to the passport control, had our passport stamped, and were through there and in a minute. I mean, it was nothing. Yeah. It's, it would be very unusual for you to have more than a 10-minute wait at Immigration Control in Shannon because usually at that time in the morning, that's when their international flights are. Mm-hmm. That's when their immigration staff are working. They usually have three lanes open at that time, which is when I've been through Dublin, they've had three lanes, and there's been four flights mm-hmm. backed up. Shannon has one flight coming in, and they have those people working there. Um, they have there's at both airports. There's going to be a line specifically for European European Union passengers, right. and they kind of they get to go through a little faster. In Shannon, if there's no one waiting in the EU line, then they kind of call you over and say, "Come on over," mm-hmm. and anybody can go in that line when they do that. So they they really move you through quick. You wait for your luggage probably the same amount of time, if not longer, than you do for immigration. Mm-hmm. which is extraordinary because that's, you know, not usually the case if you fly into, say, Dublin. Right. So I know that personally when I talk to people, if they're touring the West, I, I do tell them to check the Shannon, the flights to Shannon. Um, but they'll, you know, sometimes they're a little bit more expensive. So if you're looking at expense versus time, what would you say the value of your time is? So versus... Um, Let's say that you, you know, the Cliffs of Moher are definitely on your itinerary, but well, the yeah. flights to Dublin yeah. are X amount cheaper. What would you say that time versus, um, you know, time versus well, convenience? Where would you say yeah, well, that you have an well, equals? Remember, yeah, remember, you know, I don't, I don't have a do- like a dollar or a euro amount, but okay. I would say you have to remember that if you're flying into Dublin, you are going to be crossing the country, mm-hmm. so. You know, now granted, if you're doing a loop and it's part of your itinerary, 
you you know that's kind of built in. But if you're really planning to do the West, you do have to consider that you're going to have a tank of petrol. Maybe you might not go through an entire tank, uh, and then you're going to have a couple of hours trip across. They will mm-hmm. say two hours or more, and uh, you know so you have to think about the value of that. So whereas with Shannon, basically once you leave the airport, you're on country roads. You're not necessarily driving on the motorway unless you are getting to, you know, a major destination between, mm-hmm. and you can be at, on the coast, you know, in just a couple of minutes. So right. it's not, it's, you know, so at, from that standpoint, you know, I wouldn't let, you know, I definitely wouldn't let $50 or even $75 really sway me that much. Now, mm-hmm. if you're looking at $200 per ticket, that, you know, then, you, you know, I start rethinking my itinerary or, right. you know, planning so that I bulk up on my, you know, if I'm planning to see Dublin anyway, okay, that's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know that with a family that that comes into play a lot with us. It's like, okay, the Dublin tickets are a hundred dollars less, but you know, with four of us, that's four hundred dollars. So it can make yeah. an impact. But there are times when that you know that impact just is lessened because I know that we are going to be on the West for the whole trip, and so you know maybe that four hundred dollars is you know better spent so we can you know have the ease of sh- in and out of Shannon as opposed to Dublin. So definitely. And sometimes it's just a matter of how you're looking for tickets as well, because sometimes if you just keep uh, trying, you know, different arrangements, but, you know, mm-hmm. if I fly out of New York or Chicago, um, sometimes you can find something that's even closer to. So make sure that if you have connecting flights already, that you look at what connecting airports you're going through as well. That, that can make a difference. But once your tickets are booked, your books and commit to that and be happy with whichever airport you're choosing. Um, you know, don't don't have any regrets down the road because you don't have, <laughs> you're on vacation. You don't you don't have time for those. Exactly, exactly. Now, leaving out of Dublin versus leaving out of Shannon, those are two very different experiences as well. Uh, mainly because again, Dublin is a much larger airport. I know that the last time we were in Ireland, we ran into probably ten people who were, you know, checking in for their flights out on the day we were, but they were checking out, you know, they were leaving a day late because they had missed their flights the day before because they didn't budget enough time to get through the Dublin airport. And and Dublin, you definitely have to be much more conscious of your time, and your car rental might take you a little bit longer to return or that type of thing, Uh, so you do have to definitely keep that in mind. Um, Yeah, I... I've heard that happening as well, you know, especially people also underestimate the fact that getting to the airport, so they stay in city center Mm. and they think, well, I'm in Dublin, it's going to be easy, but they forget that it's, you know, it's 40 minute travel time from city center to the airport. Mm -hmm. And they just, that just doesn't cross their mind when they're kind of choosing how they're transported to the airport and they just get there. It's awful when you're there 10 minutes later than you needed to be and you miss, you know, you have to stay another day. Although staying in Ireland. That's an okay consolation, I guess, but it's it's an expense and it also is an inconvenience that can be quite difficult for some people. Right, and and we've found that uh, to be the case a lot with people who just you know they they think okay you know I I am close and you need two hours for international flights and I know that in the United States that's kind of what we have as our our buffer in our brain for international flights is two hours, but. At Dublin Airport, you really need three. You have to go through, you know, two security checkpoints and 
an immigration point and pre-clearance and and uh, it's like five different stops between checking in for your flight, which can you can stand in an, a line for 45 minutes to an hour just to do that. Yeah. So. And, and it, that's that's a direct kind of uh, contradiction to what you've experienced in, in Shannon, because Shannon is busy in the morning when the flights are leaving out. But, you, you know, they're now it's kind of made a, the fair whole process even more efficient than ever. So when you're before you get to check in, they already have one really simple kind of security screening. That's when they ask you about did you pack your own bag? Did they do you know do all that kind of stuff? They put the little uh, security sticker on the back of your passport, mm-hmm. declaring that you you went through and were asked the questions. Then when you know once you check in, you head up stairs, go through one security line. They've kind of combined the U.S. Immigration and Customs Security nice. with the uh, airport security, and that is fantastic. That really changes things for you because then you're right into the duty-free area. The only the last thing you have, the only thing you have between there and there that you have to absolutely do is go through immigration. And since you don't have to go through a security check between here and there, they can get you in pretty quick, you know. The other thing that Shannon's great about is because it's a small airport, Everybody who works there knows each other too, mm-hmm. and they know that if you're in a panic or if you're behind schedule, they get you to the right person much more efficiently than just sending you away. So I, that's one thing I really like about Shannon, and I've seen it happen. You know, somebody needs to get to the other side of security. What do they do? You know, they need to do something or whatever, and right. someone will actually kind of explain, okay, if you do that, you're, you're really going to cause yourself a headache. How bad, how important is it? You know, whereas you might not get that kind of, you know, that, very specific mm-hmm. information from someone in another airport. So, sorry, but we were talking about Dublin. So we should no, no, it's it's there. good because that was a great segue. And Shannon, the the people in Shannon, like you said, are are really on top of things. I know that when we, in 2004, when we were leaving, for some reason, it was in my head that our plane left at 11. It left at nine, and oh. so at at seven. A.M. when my alarm goes off right after that, I get, you know, a message from TripIt, I think is the app I was using that says your flight is on time to leave at 9.07 a.m. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, luckily we packed the night before I wake everyone up. We're throwing things around. We're getting out of Limerick. And and I tweet to Shannon Airport in a panic telling them, you know, I'm running late. What do I do? And. She was like, what time does your flight leave? And I told her, she's like, oh, you have loads of time. (laughs) And then not only that, but we, you know, where are you now? I'm like, okay, we're dropping off the car. Somebody met us at the door at Shannon Airport to get us checked in for our flight and through security. And you don't get that kind of service anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why over the last couple of years, Shannon has been named one of the best airports in Europe. And it's because they've... They can't compete with the volume of Dublin, so they've mm-hmm. decided to really focus on that surface and kind of the, the passenger experience. So they've done a lot of upgrades. They've um, remodeled huge mm-hmm. sections of the airport now, especially since you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a you know a little more modern. Uh, still, you know the overall uh, system is the same, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's becoming it's much more. Uh, relaxed before, you know, the big waiting area kind of felt a little institutional. Okay. Now it feels much more like, you know, kind of you're in a cafe kind of area is what it, you know, looks more like. It's much more calm for you. 
which I, I appreciate. Doesn't That's have nice. that echoey mm-hmm. feel. Although I, I did always love they had the Connemara mar- marble floor, and I wonder what they did with all that Connemara marble. Oh uh, wow, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. So you never know; it no. might show up in the gift shop. Yeah, you know, I think that would probably have been a very good investment for them to start transforming that into some memorabilia for people to take home. Right. That would have been excellent. Now, we've we've discussed both Dublin and Shannon, but Ireland yeah, has... And, you know, before, yeah, go. Before we talk about it, I, sh- I do want to mention in Shannon, if you are renting from Dan Dooley, you do need to be aware that their car rental office and their desk are located off the premises. Mm-hmm. So um, basically... They'll give you information when you book it, but you will have to, all of them. You have to take a shuttle to right. get to pick up your car. With Dan Dooley, though, they don't have a desk in the arrivals hall, so just know that you have to know. You know, find out where to pick up the desk. The information desk will tell you that. Your email from Dan Dooley will tell you that, and the shuttles. I mean, if you're waiting ten minutes for a shuttle, that's mm-hmm. probably what, about how long you'll wait. Maybe fifteen at the most. They'll get you over there. It's it's pretty swift. So, but just that's an excellent that in mind tip. too. So when you yeah. So when you get off your flight and you get into the arrivals hall, you can scan all the car rental places. You will not be seeing a Dan Dooley desk. So just people need to be aware of that. Right. And Dan Dooley. And it's important that when you're, when you're, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go when ahead. you're leaving, make sure, make sure once you pick up your car, you really pay attention because it's in an industrial park, mm-hmm. which is for the most part easy to get to and it's immediately beside the airport. Mm-hmm. But like any industrial park, the roads aren't completely logical like how you get into it you could easily miss miss the turn there's more than one way to get there but it's best that you just pay attention and, and find your way open right so now i'm gonna i'm gonna deter off um airports for just a minute since you did bring up dan dooley um not that long ago i stopped i talked with uh steph chestain and we were talking car rentals mm-hmm. And we both agreed that Dan Dooley is really the best option for Americans for car rentals, especially if they have a credit card that does not include international um, insurance coverage. Would you agree with that statement? I have no reservations in recommending Dan Dooley at all. So I feel completely comfortable saying they're, they're solid. They take really good care of people. They still run into those problems of people not understanding all the nuances of mm-hmm. renting a car. So the things that you and Stephanie talked about still apply with, you know, insurance and, and all those kind of things. But, yeah, you're, they're priced. The nice thing is, is they, I love that they, they bill me before I get there. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm at the airport, that's all I'm paying for is my tank of gas and yeah anything else, you know, extra that kind of came up. But it's usually pretty straightforward right. for me. And I always talk to someone on the phone or through email beforehand so I know exactly. So it's um, Jim or a tractor usually who I'm in contact with, mm-hmm. and they, they've been really great. Now, for some people, though, they like to use a specific company because they get points or they have right. rewards or upgrades and that type of thing. So I can understand why you'd choose another company, too. And mm-hmm. some of them offer good deals. It's just that whole factor of is it... Well, Is it, are you comparing apples to apples? Right. Well, I think that the thing that that most people don't realize is that you know that excess insurance that you always mm-hmm. get hit with, and it's it's something that I think isn't as transparent as it maybe should be with car rental in Ireland, which is why I like Dan Dooley so much because you can pay for absolutely everything and it's already paid for. You're not out any money, like you said, when you land. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it. That's the one thing that at both airports I witness all the time at that that 
car rental desk is mm-hmm. people getting very frustrated with the desk person saying, it's already paid for. I, cu- I already gave you this much money, and mm-hmm. now you're saying I know, owe more. They get, you know, it's, it, they're exhausted, and they're, they feel like they're being kind of swindled into more expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I wish, I, it seems like an easy problem to solve for the car rental companies, but this has been the case for a long time, and it's those little expenses that are in there that maybe make, that are done differently in Ireland. Right. And it makes it really tricky. Right. Exactly. And it is important that you have, if you do have your own insurance coverage, you have to have proof of that. And a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they're, they're legally not allowed to rent you a car if you don't have proof of that insurance. So. Exactly. Just, just one more little nuance of Ireland. Um, but, mm-hmm. but we're going to move on, um, because like I was saying, Ireland has more airports than just Dublin and Shannon, though those are the ones that you most likely will fly into. But Cork has been in the news a lot lately for possibly direct flights with, was it Wow Airlines going out of mm-hmm, I think Baltimore, right? Yeah, via, was it Iceland or Greenland? or Iceland, I believe. Yeah, so you'd have a, a layover out that way, and the, they're promising, you know, very discounted fares, which mm-hmm. I think is great news for Cork and for customers just to have that option. Right. And and Cork, again, is a very small airport, and it usually gets flights that are more from the continent, mm-hmm. um, but still not a lot. A lot of vacation destinations. Yeah, a lot of vacation destinations like in Spain and that type of mm-hmm. thing, and then also some, uh, some in Poland as well, because there's a lot of Polish living in Ireland mm-hmm. who need to get back and forth. But... Um, have you have you ever had any experiences at Cork Airport? I I haven't. I haven't been through really any of the other airports okay. other than just sometimes walking through some of them. So I but from everyone I've talked to, they're all very straightforward. They're all mm-hmm. quite small and manageable. Right. As well. That was I've, uh, the only experience I've had with Cork was uh, picking up a, a new car after I wrecked one. Um, <sighs> And, and it's a very small airport. It doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get the traffic probably even of Shannon. So I would imagine flying in there would be relatively relaxing, flying in and out. But you, like you said, you would have that layover in in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So something to definitely think about when you get that, you know, if you get one of those those nice rock bottom fares. Well, it'd be, it wouldn't be too terrible if you were saving a lot of money and you were on the East Coast and it was easy to get to that base airport mm-hmm. uh, simply because, um, you know, for many other people like you, you have to have a layover somewhere else anyway. So they're just, you know, like everyone else having to do that. I remember the days when I fly from sh- Chicago to Shannon mm-hmm. and there was always a layover in Gander for fuel refueling. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. You don't really even have to get off. I mean, you get off, they would get you off the plane mm-hmm. to refuel, but you just walked in. You sat around for a little while, and then they called you back out to the airport. They had a little shop, of course, where they were trying to make right. money. But you know, and that you know that part of it, you're not your layover isn't in some major bustling, crazy airport as well. So it's not going to be a you know it's a, it is one more thing to have to think about. But mm-hmm. I don't think it would be something that would you know be a a deal breaker for me not to choose it. Gotcha. I'd be more interested in some of the amenities on a discount flight and what that would mean. <laughs> I, you know, I don't mind bringing my own entertainment and food, mm-hmm. so maybe it is a good option, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and I know traveling with family, um, I really try to get the most direct flights I can. So, 
and especially coming out of Iowa, I know that I'm going to have a layover probably in Chicago before I get out of the country. So, you know, if I were using the discounted airline, I would be going to the East Coast. I'd have a layover there and then I'd have another layover in Iceland before I even got to Cork. And for me, that would be a deal breaker. So Yeah, yeah. See, and that's exactly what people have to think about. And then we have Belfast. So Belfast is mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. And in all my searching, I have never found a direct flight from the U.S. to Belfast. I'm sure one probably well, exists. Yeah, well, Belfast has two airports. There's a city airport okay. and then there's uh, the other airport. They did ha- they actually, I think up until about this week, they've had a flight, I think, to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think, once or twice a week. But that has been mixed. The mm-hmm. EU, it was being subsidized by the government, mm-hmm. and the EU said that they were, that means the government was giving uh, one airline an advantage over another. Right. The EU said that they weren't allowed to subsidize anymore, so the airline said, without that, we can't offer it anymore. So they, they no longer have that flight, but they did uh, all this last past year, they did. Okay. Um, and I think the city of Belfast and, and parts of Northern Ireland are really going to miss that, because it was nice for people, especially flying, mm-hmm. who could fly direct, they, they like being able to do that. I know that every time I've researched um, flights to Belfast, have always gone through Heathrow. In in mm-hmm. the, you know at least the research for me coming out of the Midwest. Um, if you're going yeah. out of the East Coast, it, it may be different. But for Belfast, you're pretty much guaranteed a layover somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Another airport that you kind of sometimes see out there. Um, every once in a while, they announce that they're going to be bringing back flights to North America, and that's Knock Airport mm-hmm. that's on the, on the west coast and the northwest. Um, but usually they're very limited flights, and they don't tend to stick around very long. They'll right. run them for a little while, or they run like a specialty flight. So it's like a special one with the archbishop of somebody, and then it's over, you know. Right. So, but that's another – that would be a great airport to have as an option. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it, it's – you know, there just isn't the the demand to fly up there for them. Well, there isn't the demand, and then also they just don't have really a lot of the amenity. Um, They don't have really the car rental amenity for a lot of people coming in there as well. They just don't have the, you know, the the structure that they would need to support it, I think. Yeah. That airport, like Shannon, has interesting history because it it really was the airport built in the middle of nowhere, but it was Mm -hmm. kind of the, the inspiration of one, I think it was a local priest who really pushed for it. He really wanted it to become a regional hub. It was, you know, a goal that industry would come to the area and business and that type of thing. And for the most part, it had some success, but, it, you know, it, it, there's still a lot more opportunity mm-hmm. for it. And, you know, I think when the downturn in the economy hit Ireland, it really affected, you know, a lot of those smaller areas mm-hmm. more significantly than others. So, they're, but they're they're hanging in there and they're doing what they can. So right, right, and and that's true because you do occasionally see mentions of Knock Airport and you know special flights going in, like you said. But and another one that you see mentioned once in a while, but not a lot, is Tralee down near Killarney. And mm-hmm. I know that's a popular one with a lot of people flying out of Europe as well. It's a a nice small airport, really easy in and out, and it's down in you know the the very popular. Ring of Kerry, Dingle Peninsula area. Yeah, it can, yeah, easy to get to a lot of places in the southwest from there, um, whether it be Cork or Limerick or any of the uh, Kerry sites like Killarney or the Ring of Kerry. 
definitely. So another one, if you do happen, you know, if you if you're doing like a European trip, I've had a few people that I've worked with do that, where they go, you know, they do a short hop in in England, and then they do a hop over to Ireland, and then up to Scotland. If you're booking your flight separately, um, and you're looking for a good deal, sometimes you can get a really nice deal out of uh, not Heathrow, but I've forgotten Dublin's other airport. Um, and into places like truly so mm-hmm. definitely yeah, and if you're if you're tempted by a flight to one of the smaller airports it's usually pretty easy to contact like the county tourism office or that type of thing just to find out hey i'm going to need to be able to rent a car or you can contact the airport mm-hmm. directly as well just to make sure that you know okay we'll begin you know do they offer everything you probably find out that they do because they're trying to make sure that they have everything someone coming over would need. Right. Uh, but if you want that reassurance, just check with them right before, and, and I think you'll be happy with the response because usually they're eager to, to get the business and they, they want people flying through their, their airports. Definitely. Now, I know you mentioned um, some of the history of Knock, which is really fun, and I know that you have worked closely with Shannon Airport, so I, I, I kind of feel like we're giving a lot of preference to Shannon, but it really is a great little airport. But Shannon has some really, really great history as well, and I know you know it better than I do. Well, I, if you really want to know a lot of history about Shannon Airport, uh, I would recommend going across the Shannon Estuary to the uh, town of Foynes. Or the village. And in Foynes, uh, there's the Flying Boat Museum. And mm-hmm. way back in the day, the very first uh, transatlantic flights, were, they were called flying boats because they used the Shannon Estuary as a runway. So they landed in the water and then they, you know, would kind of float up to the dock and people would, you know, deplane from the water. And that was it point. So that was the original, we'll say, Shannon Airport. Um, and there's a really great museum there, the Flying, Boeing's Flying Boat Museum. Uh, Maureen O'Hara and her husband were very involved in aviation in that area. And so she was very involved in uh, kind of the establishment of that airport. And they've, they've expanded now they're having a second expansion. I wish I remembered. I think, oh, they're doing a Marino Hair exhibit in there as well oh, coming up. I think it's next year or the year after that. Um, and that's where you learn it was there that we got our Irish coffee because the <laughs> chef at the airport, Joe Sheridan, he had passengers who they flew out, but the weather was bad, had to fly back, and he wanted something to, let's say, calm their nerves after a very stressful <laughs> flight. And so he added a little whiskey and cream to, to the coffee, served it, People loved it. And then when he moved to San Francisco, he had kind of put it on the menu at the Buena Vista. I think it was Buena Vista. And he, uh, and it became famous actually in San Francisco, although it was originated in Shannon. And the other tidbit is that Shannon is the very first place in the world to offer duty-free because it was the first place that offered transatlantic flights. So that duty-free shopping, the tax-free shopping, original place, Shannon, they're very proud to have that mm-hmm. history. And they're really, um, they've had a lot of innovations, I think, in duty-free through in Ireland because of that. And also things like dynamic currency exchange, which is the automatic changing your currency to your home currency, which isn't always the best thing, but (laughs) that started in Ireland. All that kind of stuff, Ireland was definitely kind of, had a hand in all that. And if you're ever at Bunratty Folk Park, one of the cottages was actually moved from the run, where the runway is now at Shannon. So those are all little, tidbits of Shannon history. It used to be that, you know, every flight just about coming from North America to Europe 
stopped in Shannon because it was right. the closest. So, um, so they used to, you know, all the celebrities. I mean, when you walk around Shannon in the departures hall, they have the pictures of all the famous people, you know, who who landed there. You know, right. JFK and Marilyn Monroe, and then, you know, just everybody, Joe DiMaggio, whoever, <laughs> you know, Muhammad Ali, all these people. It's really, um, you, you know, you get a little starstruck, and you feel a little starstruck at the Point Flying Boat Museum too because mm-hmm. of. At that time, that's when, you know, flying internationally, just flying in general was so glamorous and so exciting. And, you know, you, you dressed up for a flight and now you <laughs> kind of dread all the lines and that type of thing. So, you you know, at Boeing's, you get to kind of live the glory days of, of air travel. Right. Well, and those, you know, you get to walk into one, you know, a, a recreation of the flying boat and you see how big they are and how few pas- passengers they carried. And, you know, and they had little rooms, and right? little, like, you know, beds, there's beds, based a little bit more on like, yeah, like a, like a train type thing where you're like, oh, we'll go down to the, the dining area and, uh-huh. and leg room. My gosh, you, you basically, you were asking, you, can you bring the ottoman over so I can put my, <laughs> up, you know, exactly. It, it really is a really interesting experience and, and it's great with kids. I can testify to that. But another thing about Shannon, if I'm correct, Charles Lindbergh actually chose the spot for Shannon Airport, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, you may have. You may have. And uh, and so that was, yeah, that's where he wanted that, that first European, that main European airport for the international crossings to be. And if I'm remembering correctly, Foynes was built previously because they had to get everything ready for Shannon or something. It was it was kind of a two-step yeah. process with Boynes and Shannon. So really great aviation well, and, and, history. Yeah, and, and they were also changing from different types of, of mm-hmm. planes as well. So the different type, it was a different type of traffic between the two. So, yeah, um, interesting place. And what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, Shannon's location, it's very close to the city of Ennis and very close to the city of Limerick, right. it actually takes you less time to get to either one of those cities than from Dublin Airport to Dublin City. And <laughs> people really miss, like, like they kind of think, well, you know, Shannon, that seems like I've never heard of, you know, Shannon Town. And that's mm-hmm. the other mistake people make. They think of Shannon Town as a quaint little village. And right. it was a town that was, for the most part, created for the airport. Mm-hmm. So it was a little more industrial right. than, than it is. Uh, so... A lot of people say, oh, and then, well, we'll stay in Shannon for a night, and we'll go shopping and go to the clubs, <laughs> and I kind of go, well, you know, you you might enjoy someplace else a little bit more. Shannon, you know, there's options, but right. there are limits. Very true. Very true. Well, Corey, you have given me so much information on the airport, and I'm going to kind of do a, a 180 on you and ask the final three questions that I ask everyone that I chat with. If someone were visiting Ireland... What three places do you think that they should definitely put on their itinerary? Well, uh, since I mentioned the Foyne Flying Boat Museum, I would say the Shannon Estuary tour is really kind of cool. So if you were to go from Shannon Airport and you kind of follow the, the coast and then you go to the um, Tarbert Climber Ferry and you take that across mm-hmm. the Shannon, uh, you might get to see dolphins, you know, jumping in the water and there's a lighthouse, you get to see that. It's a, it's an enjoyable passage, especially if you have semi-good weather. Then you, you know, you land, and then you take a left turn out of there, uh, and you can head towards, uh, Limerick and Adair and take the coastline mm-hmm. to places like Eskeaton, and it's just a, and, um, it's just a nice, really nice, 
uh, trip, especially once you get closer to Glen and that sort of thing. Or you could turn right and you'll uh, end up kind of more in resort towns. You'll be a lot, you know, heading out towards the Atlantic uh, and then kind of down and around to the Dingle Peninsula as well. So the Shannon Estuary, I think, is, you know, seldom visited, very beautiful. Uh, my favorite county is County Mayo. So I kind of got an affinity for heading up there and spending some time, say, in, you know, Westport or Clifton or Clare Island or something like that. I love that area, partly because it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it is like the quintessential Irish <laughs> landscapes and coastline, very dramatic up there. Um, you know, it's, it's, and then there's also just a lot of unusual things there. So there's the Museum of, um, what is it? Uh, the, uh, not agricultural, but... Oh, the Irish Country, country Life? Life? Yeah, the Museum of Country Life. I love that place. Um, I love the... I'm going to forget his name. It's in Castle Bar. No, it's in Ballina. Mm -hmm. right? Ballina and County Mayo, and it's the Jackie Clark Museum. Okay. That's very, very interesting. Um, it has a lot of memorabilia from, like, 1916 and all the previous Irish revolutions as well. Oh, wow. Fantastic place as well. Um, and then I guess my third place that I'd have to pick would be uh, North Tipperary, just because that's where I spend my summers. Um, I love places like Nina Castle, Thassel Priory, Holy Cross Abbey, the Glen of Arhalo, and some of the holy wells there. There's Most people, when they think of the Glen of Arhalo, they think of where the Christ the King statue is, which you look out and you have this beautiful view of the Gulf Sea Mountains. Mm -hmm. And when you go down into the valley, there's actual, actually a couple just interesting holy wells and, and places with a lot of kind of local history and local flavor down that way, too. So those would be my three picks. Those are great picks. Those are, you know, not not common, not typical, especially the North Tipperary, um, because that's a place that, I mean, your your motorway kind of cuts through it, but you don't see it unless you get off of that motorway. Yeah, and, you know, it does, you're also very close to the Rock of Cashel Care Castle, mm -hmm. so while you're there, spend a little time, but a lot of people just use it as a stopover, um, you know, a you know, place to take a break on their way to someplace else. Right. Right. Well, Corey, missing out. and, you know, I, I say that a lot. I, I know I often and I probably tell people this from my own experience. My very first trip, I felt like I was rushing, rushing, rushing to see everything. And and now I'm a lot I travel a lot slower. But I know that for a lot of people, um, the Ireland trip is a once in a lifetime trip. And that's kind of a hard thing to tell people to slow down when I know that they have that same feeling that I did the first time I went of, I want to see it all. I want to do it all. I want to take it all in and take it home with me. And so, you know, the, the slow down mantra is, I, I completely understand that it's hard to, to grasp if you're really excited for your very first trip and, and you're looking at yeah. it as a once in a lifetime trip. I usually try to negotiate with those people just, and I say, okay, just give up one day of your trip, just one day of your trip to not being overloaded. You know, just just do that one day because that's probably the day that you're going to get your best photos, your best memories, your best food. Your, you know, like, mm -hmm. you'll be surprised at how much how different that day is from the other days. So I understand, like you, you can't resist all the, these things in Ireland. So do that for every other day. But give yourself one day where you pick one spot and you just don't have a, serious plan and you just kind of enjoy it 
That is the best tip ever. Well, Corey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Um, as always, your information is so helpful. And for anyone listening who has not uh, heard of Corey or his website, The Irish Fireside, it is at irishfireside.com. And Corey has his own podcast, The Irish Fireside Podcast, um, filled with information on traveling in Ireland and Irish culture and uh Lots of other just you cover so much, so many things with Irish um, culture and history and pictures and and everything. It's it's just a wonderful resource for anyone, you know, even if you're not planning to travel, but you just really love to absorb the history and, and the information about Ireland. Well, thank you, Jody. And people might enjoy the specific podcast that you visited us for. When we did castles with you for castles for families anyway. And we did um, technology to take on your trip, and we also did traveling with kids. So I think those are the three few, episodes huh? that uh, people would enjoy. Yeah, you've, you've been a regular. Well, and, and it's much. always fun. And like I said, you know, I, I gave you all your props at the beginning, and I meant every one of them. So, again, Corey, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great. Oh, thank you, and safe travels.